message. Uh, for Church Online, if it's your first time today, welcome, welcome. We would love to get to know you and get to know your name and uh, connect you to Compassion Church here in Bridgen and welcome you to the family. Also, if you're, if you're here online with us, at the end of this, we're going to take communion together. So make sure that you go grab your communion elements. And um, today, to start out with, I just wanted to share with you a little bit of what's going to be ahead for us right now as a church family. As you know, we're in our 40 day of prayer and fasting um, together. Why, Pastor Lem, do we have to do 40 days? A lot of people have asked me that. Well, there's a lot of significance concerning 40 days. Whenever God wanted to prepare a person or a group of people in the Bible, 40 days were set aside for this to happen. Goliath mocked Israel for 40 days before uh, the shepherd boy David showed up and uh, laid Goliath out on the floor. Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days receiving the law. And then before the great flood, as you know the story, maybe some of you do, some of you don't, of the great flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Most importantly, Jesus was in the wilderness. He was in the desert for 40 days, fasting, fighting the temptation of the devil. And after he came out of that 40 days, officially, as we know it, he had started his uh, ministry, quote-unquote ministry. So 40 days is a significant time for us at Compassion Bridge End. 40 days of praying and fasting. We're believing that God is going to give us uh, dreams, visions. He's going to share with us something special as a church. So I, all, I wanted to challenge you to pray and fast. What is that one thing that you're setting aside and giving time to God on? Uh, also, Friday, 29 January at 7 p.m., we're going to have a prayer and worship night at the church. Guys, a lot of things change at the drop of the hat. I know it is annoying and may seem kind of crazy to you, but unfortunately, in this season, that's the way things um, go. So if we have to change that, please make sure that you keep up to date with us on our YouTube channel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And also make sure you sign up to receive our weekly newsletters so that you can know what's going on. If we have to cancel that in-person prayer and worship, we will do something online together on the 29th of January at 7 p.m. But we are believing that we're gonna be there in person and we have no other agenda other than to pray, to worship, and to seek God's face during that Friday night on our 21 days in the 40 days of prayer and fasting. Then on the 31st of January, make sure you write this all in your diary right now. We're going to have Vision Sunday at Compassion Church. So make sure you get there, whether it be online or whether it be in person. That's something that you don't want to miss because we want to move forward in 2021 with God's vision for our family, for our church. Today, we're going to continue on our sermon series called Dear God. And today, the subject 
or the title rather of the sermon is Praying Hard. I wanted to share a story with you. A couple of years ago, I got a phone call and someone was rushed into the A&E with massive pain in their head. Uh, they, they were in a extreme pain and we weren't sure where they would be the next day. Um, this person was in a poorly place and so I rushed into the A&E um, as the pastor does, ready and willing to uh, read some scriptures and, and just talk to the family. And as I walked in, this lady was flat out on the bed in the A&E and she was screaming out in pain. Her head, she said, was throbbing. She couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't lift her head. And as I always do on all my hospital visits, I simply ask, can I pray? Because I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that God can move mountains and through the power of prayer, he can do something. And so I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to treat, <laughs> treat other than praying. So I said to the lady, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? And she said, yes, of course, please please pray. So I invited her husband next to me. We laid hands on her and we started to pray. <clears throat> and I will never forget that as we started praying for her, I felt, uh, obviously because my, my eyes were closed, I felt these hands come on my collar and pull me close. And the lady said, yelling out, pray harder, pastor, pray harder. And, uh, I was like looking around in a little bit of embarrassment, wondering if the nurses had heard all of this commotion that was going on. But at the same time, I started to think to myself, what a hopeless thing to do in this situation. This lady is near death and I'm here praying for her and then she's yanking me by the collar and telling me to pray harder. What in the world does praying harder have to do with anything? I thought I was praying hard anyway but evidently she didn't. And what does praying, what does it mean to pray hard? I, I'm praying hard, lady. And But obviously she was in so much pain that she had mustered up the strength to pull me and yank me by the collar and tell me to pray hard. You know what? Sometimes we're the exact same way. In situations or hardships where we've prayed a prayer one, two, three, four times, things don't seem to happen and we think, oh, what a hopeless situation. I need to give up with my prayers or, or we feel like, man, am I praying hard enough? Is God really listening to these prayers? I wanted to look in scripture in, in Luke chapter 18, verse one through eight, and I'm reading from the NIV today. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people taught. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, this judge refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps on bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. So, so she won't go and pull him by the collar and tell him to pray harder. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. 
And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth. What does praying hard truly mean? Praying hard means <clears throat> never giving up in our prayers. It means circling the promises of God and, and continuing to circle up. Continue circle up. Praying hard is a consistent prayer. Prayer is a habit that we cultivate, meaning it's a habit that we have to work at every single day. It's not just about logging in hours in the morning or at midday or in the evening, but I believe prayer is a continuous part of our life. Prayer is a discipline that we've got to develop no matter where we're at or who we're with or who we're around. We've always got to look to communicating with our Heavenly Father and praying on a consistent basis. Praying hard doesn't mean inflicting voice tone or going a, a, an octave higher in our praying or you know, giving it more strength or power or praying longer, harder. That's not what praying hard means. Praying hard simply means that it's a prayer that never gives up. It's a prayer and a communication with God that is continuous seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And even as we're sleeping, we are praying because we're dreaming dreams from God. God is speaking to us in visions and dreams. And that's part of prayer. And, and here's the thing. The bigger the dream that God has given you, the harder you'll have to pray. You'll have to be persistent in your prayers. When when we pray as believers or even those who are watching, tuning in, and maybe you've never prayed before, but as you learn to pray on a regular basis, one thing is rest assured that irregular things happen on a regular basis because we are communicating with the creator of the universe. We don't have to try to manufacture our own miracles or we don't have to try and answer our own prayers. In fact, we don't have to even do God's job for him. God does his job and we do our job. What are we to do? We're to stay humble. We're to stay patient. We're to stay focused and we're to keep on circling the promises of God, the will of God. You know, oftentimes God may not answer our prayers because it can be maybe not the right timing. It can be maybe not His will. And so it's so important to look in His Word, in the Word of God, the Bible, to see what it says, to see what His promises are to us. And then those are the things we need to circle and we need to persistently pray about. As I was studying for this, I was reminded of a story of the children of Israel that came up against the Jordan River. They were encamped there with Joshua, their leader, and they were about to enter into the Promised Land. But again, for the second time, the children of Israel were blocked from the promises of God by a river. And so Joshua that night went to God and he asked God, God, show me, show me how we're to get through this. And God simply said to him in Joshua chapter three, verse five, he says, Joshua, 
consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among among you what does the word consecrate mean it means to set apart it means to be designated into the promised land but again for the second time the children of Israel were blocked from the promises of God by a river and so Joshua that night went to God and he asked God God show me show me how we're to get through this and God simply said to him in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 he says Joshua consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among, among you. What does the word consecrate mean? It means to set apart. It means to be designated for a special purpose, to be completely dedicated to God. That's what it means. And as you heard the story about the great intercessor, Reese Howells, you learned that God asked Reese to take off his die cap and set that aside. What was all that about? That was a consecration. What God was simply doing was testing Reese to see if he was completely set apart for the purposes that God had called him to. You see, when we pray, God demands that we surrender and completely surrender our lives and ourselves to him. If Jesus surrendered himself even to be hung naked on his cross, we can certainly carry our cross every single day. And his death on that cross demands, it demands our lives. It demands a surrender to him. In Luke chapter 18, verse 33, it says, Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. That's what consecration of prayer is all about. That's what praying harder means. It is a prayer of intercession that comes from the depths and the gut and the heart of yourself in communicating with God. It's like, it's like a dog or it's like my dog that has a bone in her mouth. When I go to get that bone, she will not let go of it no matter what. That's the same thing. We should circle the promises of God, the will of God. We should pray those in our lives and we should set those apart and not let go of those no matter what. Praying hard means consecration. Consecration means death to self. It means a setting aside. It means a surrendering of our lives. There, there, there's a, a real fear that if we do this, if we give more of ourselves to God, that there will be less of us left. But in fact, it's the exact opposite. It's not until we die to ourselves that we truly come alive. Praying hard involves intense intercession. As it was for Jesus praying in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you remember, he was praying extremely hard, so intense he was praying a prayer of never giving up that he sweat from his brow droplets of blood. That's how intense he was praying. A couple of days I found myself 
on Zoom with 250 young adults lifting up this girl named Heidi that Jordan was telling us about in this service, or you're going to see it here in, in the next couple of moments. We were praying and we were setting aside a time to pray to the God of the universe to come into her situation and heal her. And these, and these young adults, 250 to 300 of us, were pressing in and we were, we were not going to give up. And they're not going to give up. They're even praying. I, I would imagine they're praying today. They're going to be there and they're going to be praying, believing that God will come through. Jesus was in the biggest and greatest test in his life. And that night he prayed throughout the night. And three times... Three times in the scriptures it said he prayed the same prayer, and it was a prayer of consecration. He said, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, not as I will, but as you will. If we're praying a prayer of consecration, what we're doing is we're setting aside our will, and we're saying, God, your will for my life be done. What do you want me to pray into my life? Because if I lose my life, then I will actually gain it because you are the life giver. A consecrated prayer is a process of surrender that never ends. And prayer is simply the vehicle that gets us. As we pray in this 40 days of prayer and fasting, as we pour out and communicate to God, God does something in that to where Prayer becomes the vehicle of us being set apart for His will and His plans and His purpose. But it first begins with a sinner's prayer. And as we gather in our personal Compassion Church prayer and intercession, this is one of the prayers that we always pray together. First, we confess our sins to the Savior Jesus Christ. We say, God, please forgive us. We repent of our sins. We surrender our lives to your lordship in our lives. And along the way, as we continue to pour out in prayer, he directs those prayers. He, di he directs those prayers. And even in our lives, on our spiritual journeys, they're marked by decisive moments when we consecrate ourselves to God, just like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he asks us and he tests us in our obedience, just like he did for Reese Howells. And then it's our job in faith in, and obedience to be consecrated, to set that aside. And that's simply why we're fasting, because we're doing that exact same thing. We're setting something aside and we're consecrating our prayers to the Lord. Here's the simple simple thing. If we give more of ourselves to God, God will give more of himself to us. Romans chapter 12 verse 1, and I'm going to leave you here today with this. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship to God. Again, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And as we continue in the service today, I simply wanted to uh, have the ability to take communion with you now. So if you would, if you would open up your, your Bibles together 
uh, to Matthew chapter 26, verse, verse 26. And we pick up there as Jesus is sat with his disciples and what we know is the Lord's Supper. And Jesus uh, is sitting there. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And after he blessed it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body. And today as a church, as a family, as a tribe, we take and we remember his body by this cracker representing his body that was broken for us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your body, God, that was broken for us at Calvary's sake. Lord, we remember as we take communion together of what you've done for us. God, we ask now, Lord, that as we take this bread, God, that, that it says that, um, that you are the bread of heaven, that we shall never, never again need for want because you are the, the life giver. And so we remember that as we take the bread. Let's break and eat of the bread together. And then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Lord, we thank you for the wine, the juice, the grape juice that represents your blood that was shed at Calvary for us. Lord, as we partake of this, we, we're reminded, God, that your blood was shed that it was shed for the cleansing of our sins, God. And as we take this, we remember the intense uh, sacrifice that you had on that cross for us. And we thank you for that, God. We're reminded today, Lord, of, of what praying harder means, that it is a prayer that never gives up. It is a Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information, please visit our website at compassionchurch.cc.